Rikazari was about to explain to us some more of the dictum, some more of the principles of the language, how Lashon HaKadosh works. And he says like this, we're holding Mamre Hashaini in the middle of Ois Pei, and he says, after he's explained to us what he told us beforehand about the difference in, in so to speak, how the Torah describes things and uses the timing, uses the the notation of the trap to show us how to, it's meant to be said. So that's going to tell us rules of dictum. In other words, how the, how the vowels work. Minus HaNikud, Musaris HaShiva Merachim. The mind of the Nikud, and the Musar of what's called the Shivim Merachim. Now, this is obviously a borrowed term. The, what he means by the Shivim Merachim are the seven vowels, which uh, the truth is, the truth is they're really nine vowels. But uh, when he calls about the Shivim Merachim, so he talks about he talks about the the ones which are only symbolized by the dots as opposed to the ones which have a line. In other words, the comets and the patach both have a line. So they, they're called, uh, in the, when you break up the vowels, the osiyot, the, the kudus, they're in a separate category. And then we have the, the, the sheva, the seven vowels which only are symbolized by the nukudah, by the dot, which is shva, tzeri, segel, chirik, chaylam, shurik, mulochum, whichever you pronounce it. The, the, those are the ones which only have the nukudus as opposed to the ones which have kavim as well. And they called the Shavim Melachim. So he's going to explain to us how the how these uh, vowels work. The reason they're called the Shavim Melachim is really it's interesting. It's really based in Kabbalah. The idea of the, there being a breakdown of seven different levels is a repeating theme in Kabbalah, and the idea of there being, so to speak. Uh, a different koyach, <coughs> or each of these have, is what's referred to in Kabbalah as the seven melachim. It starts just like we see if you look at the after Surah Sa'imer, every siddur has a various combination of seven midas, so that's also broken down to the same seven. And so we hear that the seven different melachim are also basically a reflection of the same idea. Obviously, it's beyond the scope of the Kazari to explain the connection between each one. And it's Nakuda, it's Nakuda, but Lemaise, we know that there's a comparison between them. So, and really, they start from the Pasuk. The Pasuk we say every day, when David Amalekh praises Hashem, and he praises him with these seven meters. And he says, Lecha Hashem, Agdullah, which is the first one, to his Chesed, Vagvura, Batiferis, Anetach, Yehoid, that's five. He called Hashem Avaris, the Midas Kol is the sixth one, and then Lecha Hashem Amalekh is the seventh one. And therefore, we have the seven the seven different midas which we can praise Hashem with, and that's the same idea of the seven. It's exactly the same thing as the Shiva Samini, for example, and it's the same thing as the Shiva Nekudus. We just have to obviously explain how they all connect, but that's all we're trying to do now. We're just explaining where he gets the language of the Shiva Melachim from to talk about the seven Nekudus. From the difference between how we use the Nekudus, and now we come to the Diktok, which means the principles of grammar has a different Nukudas can be used. For example, what's the difference between a comet and a pasach? What's the difference between a comet and a patach? Or between a teri and a segel? The difference between a teri and a segel, even though they sound quite similar, 
Samach said that in uh, modern Hebrew, you really can't even tell the difference that much between the Kamats and the Patach. They pronounce the same. But in the rules of Diktuk... They don't do it deliberately? Uh, it could be. But in the rules of Diktuk, there is a difference between them. But to Alta, the point, the, the, to Ellis, the point you can learn from this, Binyanim, in understanding the concept which is being described, for example, the Havdil by the Oiver, by Asid by him. So it tells the difference between the past and the future. Kamai, and this is the first rule he's going to tell us, is this, this of, the, the rule of what's called the Vavahipoch, which means the rule in grammar, in Hebrew grammar, that, that the past tense and the future tense are changed by the Vav. In other words, the same word which would mean, mean something in the past, if you put a Vav in front of it, it becomes future tense. Which we just said tonight, and we say Krishna. The Nasati, Mitai Arzachim, the Itai, or the talk in the future, Hashem said, I will give you rain in a set time. Nasati by itself is the past tense. The future would be Etan. Nasati is past. So, in, really, the way to say the future would be Etan Mitai Arzachim. But Venosati, the Vav, changes the past into the future. Or in, in the Tzivui as well. Ve'ohavta t'ashem lekecho. Ve'samtem istvara'ela levavcha. These are all, ohavta is really past tense. You love. But the Torah is saying you shall love in the future. Or you see in the Tzivui. Or then the Vav changes the tense from the one to the other one. Does the Vav also mean and? The Vav also means and. It works with both. And... Uh, so if the wanted to write and something in the past, how would you write that? Oh, so we're going to see now. Now, there's a difference between... That's that's when the Vav is meant to change past into future, so you get the Vav with the Shva. You have it the other way around also. The Vav can also change the future into the past. Um, an example of that, and it's actually something we spoke about last night, it's very interesting. We're talking about that when a person lands Megillus Esther, he has to medactic in the words. Because if a person reads a word and has the wrong meaning, he's not yet So I gave an example of a case in the Esther, which actually in two psukim which are nearly next to each other, the same words appear with a different vowelization and it means something very different. And I'm talking about the beginning of the second parak when the Nari Amelech, the, so to speak, the, the young servants of the king, tried to advise him to find a new queen after he killed Vashti. So the first pasuk is the quoting what they're saying to him. The servants of the king, the Nair Melech, are talking to him, quotation marks, and now the, the Megillah is repeating what they said. So if they're talking to him, they're talking in the present tense. And now the next pasuk is the Megillah telling us what Achashverosh did. Now the, the Megillah is turned into uh, the narrator mode, it's telling us what happened, and now it's telling us what happened in the past. So the same words which they told him in the present, what to do, so when it says he did that, now it's moving to pass because now it's telling us what happened. So, and again, the Balkari either isn't careful or doesn't know the rule of grammar, it's likely to make the mistake and it changes the meaning. So, for example, when the Nari and Melech are talking to him, so they're telling him what to do, now they say, The king should appoint officers, people in charge, all of his kingdom. And they should gather all the young girls into Shushan Abira. And Achashosh takes the advice. So what does he do? Vayafked. 
the Vav takes the Pasach now. Vayafkeh the Melech Bekidim. Now Yafkeh is pure. Just like Hashem, our Moshe says Hashem, Yifkeh the Hashem Elokeh, Yuchos the Kolbas or Yishol Aedah. Hashem is Moshe asking Hashem to do something in the future. So Yafkeh is the future. The Va, you know, the Vav of the Pasach changes it back into the past. So it, we would say in the past tense that the Melech was Pakat. But it doesn't say Vamelech Pakat. It says Vayafkeh, which means the future changes into the past. That's the Vava Hippo going the other way around. Vayikbutsu is called Narav Surah, and not that we'll gather, they did gather. So we find the Vav working both ways around. Sometimes it changes past into future, sometimes it changes future into past, and the vowels change as well. Now, the, the, the unfortunate point out, it's true that when the past changes to the future, it becomes the Vav of Tashva, and when the future changes to the past, it becomes the Vav of the Patach. Now, the Amos is why is it like it? It's normally because of another reason. And that is the, the reason that you can't have two hard syllables next to each other. So, for example, so since the past tense always has the stress in the first letter, that's what you're to get. Ohafto, Nasati, Samtem. They always start with the with the Patach uh, or Kamat, whatever it is. So, therefore, you put the Vav in front of it. So, the Vav takes a shot. Ve'ohafto, ve'samtem, ve'nosati. That's when you take your past into future. But when it's the other way around, so then when you have the future tense, you turn it into the past, the future tense has a prefix. It's not starting with the letter of the, of the Sherish. So it's, it's the yud of the, the, the verb in the, in the example we just gave is pokat. Yafkeit is the, the yud is making it into future. So now vayafkeit is making it back into past. But now, being as it's not a Sherish letter, so you can add the, the Vav with the Patach also. Anyway, that's just a side rule of grammar. But that, that, it, it does work, and he says it here also. The difference between a word of which is only coming to say what it means in the tense it's talking about, or the Vav changes around. And his example is called Samti, Visamti. Samti means I put, Visamti means I will put. The Pasuk is referring to the Pasuk in Beresha, so Hashem tells of Ramavino, Visamti is I'm going to make your descendants as many as the dust. So he's talking in the future, even though the words in the past, because the Vav changes it from the Havar to the Osit. That's one example. And now, the other way around. The Pasuk says, Vavar Chayu. is, now, Avar literally means in the future. I will bless. Vavar means I blessed him. When Yitzchak, Okay, the brachas to Yaakov, and Esav comes and says, with his food, and Yitzchak says, who was the one who came and gave me food, and I blessed him. He's talking in the past tense. And the word is, avor So there the Bob's doing the opposite job. It's changing the future to the past. Which means, uh, in other words, if we would say it in, in the past tense, we would say, berachti or berachtiv. But the av, the alef, the avor is the future. Like avorich Hashem, I will bless Hashem. And the vav changes back into past. That's an example. But yeah, that's now the next one. You know, that's the vavs. The vavs can change the tense from future to past and past to future. To give an explanation why it does that, uh, it's just a confusion. Why, why, why don't we stay with the tenses we meant to stay with? What's the idea of a tense, a vav changing things up and down either way? So why the gymnastics? Why 
add an aleph to make it future and then add a vav to. Right, that's the question. Don't take the vav to take aleph. Right, why do we have this rule of Ashma Kodesh? Why don't we just keep things simple? Future is future, past is past, and say what you want to say. Right? Why, why does the Torah always switch them around? Now, again, this is not what the Kazar is trying to explain. He's not giving the theory in the Rizlash He's just trying to explain the accuracy of the rules. But if you had to try and explain the theory of Lashon HaKadosh, so when it comes to this Vav, I'll tell you, most of the, the ballet dictators don't talk about why it's like that. They just tell you this is the rule. And the truth is, you can see the rule. You see the rule because if you follow the Psukim, and you see that very often the tenses are wrong, and the Vav, it has to put it back into the, into the right tense. But so what's the idea? What's the idea of the Vav doing this? So I'll share with you something unbelievable. And that is... Something unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's what I said. It is unbelievable. It's a Zayar. Uh, the Zayar says that... If you think about it for a second... That's what the Zayar is talking about. He's talking, on, he's talking about the Perak Tehillim we call Ashrei. It's not really Ashrei. It's Tehillim David. But that's like the, the, the Perak Tehillim we say every day when we say Ashrei. And he says, if you look at the Psukim of Ashrei you'll see that Kimat, every line in Ashrei, is made up of two stanzas connected with above. V'chol yom abarachalka, v'ahal nashimcha. K'ad Hashem u'lom u'ed, v'dikdudas, dara daishach ha'sechha, u'vur esechha gidu. Hadar k'pani decha, v'divran yifresechha ha'sechha. The two psukim is shown in the above. The one is, Chan v'racham Hashem erech ha'payim, Rav Chesed. And the other one is, is later on, sorry, it, it, uh, it says by Amos. Yes, Karashim the whole Karab, the Khala Shaykh Rubi Amos. There's no Vav there. So the Zayr asks, why not? What happens to the Vav? Why not to Psukim is in that Vav? And the Zayr says two things, one which is I get to ask, and it's on the second part. So Karab Hashem the whole Karab, the Khala Shaykh Rubi Amos, and the Zayr says, that you don't need the Vav in that Pasuk because the Vav is the Ois Emes. That's Lash Nazar. The Vav is the Ois of Emes. And therefore, the Pasuk already said Emes, you don't need the Vav as well. And what's the idea of the Vav being the Ois of Emes? The Pasuk already said what? Emes. So we don't have a Vav because the Vav is the Ois Emes. There's another reason for that. But, uh, but the, what's the idea of the Vav being the Ois Emes? Well, what's Emes about the Vav? So this is the side of the Vav that something which happened, let's say, once, whatever it would be, so then you can say it happened, it's going to happen, whatever, it's, whatever it is. The idea of the Vav is it's always going to be like that. When Hashem says, I'm going to do something, which is that he's already decided to do it. So Hashem can say, I've decided to do this already. So Nasati, it hasn't happened to you yet. And so it hasn't come down to, you haven't experienced it yet. But Lemaisa, Mitzah Hashem is already past it. So, and so I think what Hashem wants from us, is Mitzidainu. It's something Hashem wants us to do in the future. But Mitzidai, it's already in the past. Does he expect us to get there? The idea of, therefore, the Vava Hippoch is to connect the Mitzidai how Hashem wants us to be to as things stay out here. And therefore, what's, by us, what's over and us is two different times. By Kodesh Baruch, it's all one. And that's what Bedafka Hashem here puts them together in the Torah, the Vav, the, the past and the, te- the, and the, and the future combined to show that by Hashem there isn't a past and the future. It connects. 
And therefore the Vav, which is always the, the, the ois, which connects things, like we said before, the Vav means and. This and this is Vav. The, the connection, when it comes to Hashem's way of giving us the Torah, is it's the past and the future. It's, uh, because of Hashem, it isn't time. So the two connect. So the Vav connects the two things, which is why Dafka, the Torah doesn't keep past as past and future as future. That would match with that. There's a timeline in the Torah too. No. It's all the same. Because it, it, it transcends time. And therefore, you, you can use the notion of past or future, future or past, with the Vav, which connects the two. Which could, that's called the Ois Emes. And so I said, Ois Emes is what is, always was. Nothing's going to change. It says more than that. The Ois Emes is made up of three letters. Emes is Kayom Right, we're going to get that in a moment. But first, let's see what the letters he says. Emes starts with the Aleph, which is the first letter of the Aleph base. The Mem, which is the middle letter of the Aleph base. And the top, which is the last letter of the Aleph base. Emes ki atu Rishon atu The Emes is at Rishon and the Achron. It starts with the Aleph and ends with the top. And it's Emes and Kayom Laat. Therefore, it's, it's always there. It's past, future, present. It goes the whole way through and it's always there. That's the, that's the idea of the Oizva. The, 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 it combines what we see as different times into one continuum, which is because Bakadish Baruch Hu, Rishon and Akron is the same. It's, it, there's, a, there's no differentiation of time. So it's a deeper point to think about, but you explain, therefore, if you want to rule why the Torah Dafka uses the Vava Hippoch. In other words, Dafka puts things into the wrong tense and uses the Vava to change it back again, it's doing it for Dafka. That you shouldn't think that everything is like it works with time. And therefore, things which are the past are always said in the past, and things of the future are always said future. That would be much with things happening based on the timeline of when they're meant to happen. And Torah doesn't want to say that. What the Torah wants is that by Hashem, which is above time, Past and future, we see there is a difference. But by Hashem, it's all the same. Let's try and explain this point. I know we're talking about a deep philosophical idea. Let's try and explain this point a little bit better. And uh, I'll give you a marshal. And the marshal isn't planned. It really comes from a possible. But first, I'll give you the marshal, and I'll tell you the possible. Imagine you have a sefer in front of you in the bima, and the sefer is open. Let's say to Pashas Shavu, Pashas Truma. Now, the Maishas, the entire Torah is written there. From Barashas until the end of the Zesar it's all written. It's all in front of me. Except, the Maishas, what's in front of me is the three columns that I have open in front of me now, so I can see Barashas Truman. If I would want to see the whole Sefer Torah, so I'm going to start from the beginning, and then roll it. And then as I roll it, a different column comes in front of me each time, and as I finish that, and I roll it more, I get to the next column, and then the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one, until I eventually get to the Zesar Which means the whole Sefer Torah is here. But what I can see is just what's open in front of me right now. What's already rolled up, what hasn't yet been unrolled, I can't see. I can only see the column in front of me. Even though it's all written, it's a possible type of terror. But Lemaisa, what, what I can see in front of me is the type of terror, the, the columns of the type of terror which are open. And then it takes time. As I unroll one and roll the other, then a different thing comes into view. I can see a different column in front of me. That's the perspective of a person who's has a Sefer which is only partially open, and they have to roll it to get to the next column until they, as they go through it. Now let's say I have a different option. I will unroll the whole Sefer and I have it let's spread out the whole thing. From, it's all open in front of me. Now, now I can see everything. It's all open. I can see Barashas, I can see the Sefer It's just one huge, uh, so to speak, Sefer which is unrolled, the whole thing, and now it's all in my focus at the same time. Now, it's not that I have to roll to get to the next point and roll to get to the next point and see it part by part by part. I can see everything at once. It's all open. 
That's a mosh. The name shal is, when we living through time, we can't see the whole continuum of time. We can only see the present. Time moves. And then we see the present of tomorrow. And then time moves. And we see the present of next week. And time moves. And we see the present of next year, or the next decade, or the next century, whatever it is. And what was has been. It existed, but it's not in front of us. We can't see it right now. And what's going to be exists, but we can't see it right now. It's not open yet. We can only see the present. It's, it's like a servitor which is being rolled. And we can only see the column which is open in front of us. Hashem's perspective is a servitor unrolled. There isn't that breakup of time that we have a perspective only in the present. Because Baruch is all open. And you can see it all at the same time. So the matter, there isn't the difference between past, present and future. If I'm going to say I'm rolling the Torah, so right now I hold my brachas, in another hour I'll get to Shemois, in another four hours I'll get to Vanessa Baruch. Then to, to get through time, to get through, is, has a time factor. If we're living through time, then as long as time takes, until we see what happens next, it takes that amount of time. Then there's the Avar, which I can't see, the Asr, which I can't yet see, and the Havar, which I can see right now. But if I unroll the whole thing, and it's all open in front of me, then there's no Avar, Avs, and Havar. It's all, it's all here at the same time. Because Baruch's perspective of time is that everything is visible to me at the same time. At the same time, that now Hashem's watching us, learning here in Bukhazar, in this place, Hashem also seeing the Akedah right now, and Yitzhiya Smitraim, and the Khurban. There isn't a time factor. It's all open together. Now, if you want to see in the Torah where Hashem shows this perspective to somebody, we see this in the Bracha. Hashem shows this to Moshe Rabbeinu. It says, Vayereu Hashem is kola oritz. Ad hayom ha'acharon. And Rashi says, it doesn't mean the yom ha'acharon, which means the sea. It's ad hayom ha'acharon. Hashem showed Moshe everything which is going to happen in Israel until the final day. So what's Moshe seeing? It wasn't that Hashem played him, let's say, a recording of a thousand years. Or 5,000 years. At the same time, he could see everything. Whatever was going to happen in Eretz Yisrael until the Yom Ha'acharon was visible to Moshe. You could see it all. You could see the conquest, you could see the Basinish, you could see the Khurban, you could see the second Basinish, the second Khurban, it was all at the same time. That's the perspective Hashem has of time, without time. Does it make a difference that we're players in this script? In other words, when you look at a Sefer Torah, so the Sefer already wrote everything. From our so perspective, so this, we, we're, we're acting, I'm saying, we can't just look at the, at the script. We are the script. We're, we are the script from we're our point of view. deciding and we're That's doing true. it. But from Hashem's point of view, he sees everything. But he, he only showed this to Moshe before he was next. Right. Because? He didn't want him to maybe. Of course. Because at that stage, Moshe couldn't do anything about it. So this was just before Moshe died. Hashem gives him a so gideon of what's going to be. He, he, this was after he left the people and went off to the Right. And from there he died. He never came back down again. So, right, uh, for good reason, because Hashem didn't want Moshe to reveal to Taisha what's going, to, everything which is going to happen. Right. Now, th- that where do I get this marshal from? It's a pasuk. When Eov is complaining to Hashem, he doesn't understand why Hashem is doing things to him. So Hashem eventually responds to him, and there's a line in the pasuk there, "V'nagoilu kesefer Hashemayim." The Shemaim is unrolled like a Sefer Torah. What's the Pshat in the Passover? I think this is the Pshat in the Passover. When you see things only in the perspective of the present, you can't see what's, happening, what's going to happen next. You can't see right now what happened before. So I'm limited in my perspective to the present. But when it's Nagoda Hashemaim, when you can see the world, the world as an open Sefer, that I can see everything together. So then it's not just I see the present, I see everything in the present. There isn't the time factor which stops me seeing what's going to happen and what has happened before. That's the book. The OSMS is, it's all here right now. It's all connected. 
Whereas the past and future in our sense doesn't connect. They're two separate perspectives which we don't have neither of them. You can only see the present. But Kodesh Baruch Hu, it's, it's all Emes. It's all there. And so the Bob connects the two, the, two, the two together. The past, the present, the future, they're all combined to one, into one Metzias, which is the Metzias which Hashem sees. And he writes a Torah like that to show us this point. That by him there isn't a past, present, future. It's all connected. Okay, and anyway, that's just a bit of, uh, like I said, something unbelievable from the Zohar to explain better this idea of how, why, there's a, why there's such a principle of Avava Hippuch and why we don't just leave the tenses separate. There's any Dachot to combine them. That's the first rule he wants to tell us about. The second rule he talks to us about is Vayavzil ben Between an, a verb and a noun. A pal is a verb, a tire is a noun. And the, the way the difference in the, the in Lashon HaKodesh is that Be'etzem a lot of nouns can become at least verbs as well. For example, a Chacham is a person who is a wise man, but a person can become wise. So how does the Torah show us the difference between when it means something as a poel, as a verb, what a person can do, or the 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 the, the noun we're talking about? For another example, a shayrish is a root, as a noun. The sharish is a verb, the uproot. And that's just an example. There are many, many more cases that the Torah uses the same letters, the same poil, the same sherish for the noun and the verb, and how it challenges is based on the vowels. It's based on the vowels. Normally, norm, normally the way it works is that if it's a verb, so it's, the stress is on the first syllable, and when it's a noun, the stress is on the second syllable. So, this example I gave before. When it's Chacham uh, and Chacham, so when the stress is Chacham, it's acting as a verb. When it's Chacham, it's talking about a person, it's talking about the name. Um, other examples of that? Or be another one which we have both together? That at the same time, there's a Ovad and Evid. Ovad is to work, it's a verb. Evid is a person who works, he's a slave. And here also, the, the difference isn't there, it's the vowels. So like we said before, when it gets the stress in the first syllable, ovad, that's the verb. Eved, <coughs> not eved, it's eved, which on the second syllable is the, is the noun, it's the person. But you'll see there are many, many other examples in, in the Torah also. Oshan and Oshan. Oshan is to smoke. When something's burning, it's Oshan, it's smoking. Oshan is smoke, as a, as a noun. And then again, the difference is the stress. Oshan, the stronger vowel on the first syllable is the verb. Oshan, which is the, on the second syllable, is the noun. The third rule tells us is the difference between when a hay comes before a word, a noun, in Lashna Kodesh, the two rules in the hay. Sometimes it comes to define the thing. The definite article in Hebrew is the hay. Ha'ish. Diber ha'ish. Ha'mokim. Right? Things like that are the hay which is coming to define something. The item we're speaking about, but sometimes the hay comes as to ask the rhetorical question. We call the hay a shayla. Hala Hashem tigmun azois. Hashem merachi anachi. Am I? So the hay then comes as the as the question. What's the difference between the hay which is coming as the 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 so to speak describing the atom? For example, Hashem means 
the God. But Hashem Merachi is, am I the God? Where, where is the difference between the hey, which is coming as the question, as the, or the hey, which is coming as the definite article? So as he says, Kamoi hey Hashayla, hey Adir. Right, so we're going to say, the difference is exactly, the difference is how we validate it. Kamoi Ha'ayla, Hila Ma'ala. And then again, Ha'ayla is that which is Ayla Ma'ala. And Hayeredity, the matter, they also is the one which is the one which goes down, examples he gives. So both of these things are when we say the the from the, the definite article, it always takes the, the, the stronger in the kuda as but as as ha ha depending on what the next letter is going to be, when it comes to the question, it's the fatahata. Like you said correctly, and that is always uh, it's, it really should be without the patach, but you can't pronounce that. You can't pronounce, start a word with a silent hey. So it gets a chat of patach, but then it's word as, not as the stress on the ho, oilo, ho odom, it's hashaymer. Am I the God? Ha, ha, um, one example. Hayadatim is not loving as loving ben vasur. Do you know who he is? When the hey is coming as the question, then it doesn't become the stress of the hey as the definition of something, it becomes for the Chata Fatah as, as, a, as a question. Like Moshe told them to see, you should go up and see Ha'aretz, Ha'tayvahi. The first one, Ha'aretz is the land. Ha'tayvah, is it good? And then you have the difference between the, the same hay, how it's vowelized, is the difference between is, is it coming as a definite article to define something or is it coming as a question? Okay, so we've, so far we've seen three rules. <coughs> this is something quickly. The first three rules in Victor. Number one, the vavs. When's the vav coming as a vav, which is just the connecting two words together? And when's the vav coming as something which we call the vav and hiphop, something which changes the tensing from future to past to past to future? The second rule we saw is when something's a vowel, a vowel has to be a, na- a, ve- a verb or a noun, will depend on the same word, the same church, can be used as either. And the third rule we saw is when the, the prefix of a hey. When it's coming to define something, or when it's coming to ask something. And it says, that's what the Chachan is trying to explain, the rules of Diktuk had enriches the language so much, because with this, the same words can be used in different contexts to mean different things. Some of the more examples of the we'll go back to them tomorrow.